special technique of shadow boxing. first thing they want to do is they want to seize the narrative of history. You see that over and over again, whether it's Mao or Stalin or Hitler, Pol Pot, whoever it is, you take control of the narrative of history. That's very important. And that's what they're attempting to do here. Every nation in every region now has a decision to make. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. It's right fucking in front of us. Like, it's right there. We came... We saw, he died. <laughs> Damn, that's a cold-ass honky. These things are obvious, right? I, I don't run around saying, you know, I'm smarter than everybody when it comes to politics, or I'm even smart. The whole point of this show is that you don't have to be smart to see what's fucking wrong with our system. That's how messed up it is. Who has put pubic hair on my coke? Let me start off with two words. Made in America. Made in America. I gotta fart real bad and I gotta shit real bad and I'm afraid if I fart I'm gonna shit. Free fries when you get vaccinated? Um, I got vaccinated. You're saying I can get this? You delicious fries? Wait a minute. But there's also a, a burger element to this? I'm not retarded, but I like rocks. I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid. Listen, fuckhead. You have fucking crossed the line. Get that through your goddamn fucking head. I tell you, you take on the intelligence community. They have six ways from Sunday of getting back at you. So even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. It's bullshit. Oh, you can't shame them. You can't call them stupid. You can't call them silly guys. Yes, they are. In my line of work, you got to keep repeating things over and over and over again for the truth to sink in, to kind of catapult the propaganda. You sit on a throne of lies. And if you're going to infiltrate some cell somewhere, or a terrorist cell, you have to deal with people that are willing to betray their country, people that are willing to betray their friends, people that want money or other things, and it's not pleasant. You stupid, ignorant, son of a bitch, dumb bastard! Jesus Christ, I met some dumb bastards in my time, but you outdo them all. All over the place is people who care about looking good while doing evil. Fuck them. What are you talking about? America is not going to be destroyed. Never. Rome was destroyed. Greece was destroyed. Persia was destroyed. Spain was destroyed. All great countries are destroyed. Why not yours? What a shame. That a few bad apples have to spoil a good time for everyone by breaking the rules. The revolution will be broadcast. So, what do we do now? You guys want to smoke some drugs? And welcome to another Monday Night Master Debaters. What We're just talking here. What wild times it is, man. I mean, you got immigration crisis we got inflation but yet if you ask the government neither of those is really a problem um immigration is trump's fault and inflation it's actually going down in their estimation but we were just talking about it and once a bag of chips is like five bucks this is a clown world i mean come on 
And we got all sorts of good stuff. There's a whole bunch of AI uh, videos coming out now that look as real as can be. And I want to hear what you guys have to think about those. And of course, the usual. And uh, I don't know, Rye, if you saw it, but did you see the new Trump kicks? Am I Rye? Who's Rye? Yeah. Well, you're more into the like <laughs> modern, um, you know, the apparel and things like that. I did not see the shoes, if this is what you're talking about. That's wild because he, he, it sounds like he's kind of taking a book out of uh, the Yeezy, the Yeezy, a page out of Yeezy's book, dude, which I'm not. I don't know if that's a good business move. Oh, dude, these and uh, apparently he sold a pair or signed a pair. He because he went to sneaker con, I guess. Trump here. Here's these shoes. Of course, they're gold. They're gold. Yep. And this guy, apparently Trump signed one pair right here on the toe. This guy bought them for nine grand. And kind of cheap thinking about it. Yeah. Like, would you rather have these for nine grand or a bag of chips for five bucks? What are you talking? What are we doing? <laughs> you know I, what I, mean? I don't think I have much use for those shoes at nine grand, though. Well, I, I think both both are very wasteful. But yeah, nine grand for I mean, even the but the shoes themselves are selling for like four hundred bucks a pair. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of funny how this guy is at fucking sneaker con. <laughs> and uh pitching some new shoes all the while getting nailed with like hundreds of millions of dollars in fines by courts in kangaroo courts but well i actually you know i know i know and i, I don't know how you feel about this stuff ryan i, I have an idea of, uh, that you probably think you know politics is kind of bullshit right I, a lot of people do and i get yeah. it but i mean I think some of this stuff merits some discussion, man. Like some of the stuff that's going on, because like it or not, it, it does have an effect on our lives. Um, we can say that, you know, Joe Biden getting elected, that was part of a selection, right? Like this is one of these buzzwords that a lot of people in our our world like to use is selection versus election and all this stuff. But it's undeniable that the policies of Joe Biden have absolutely had a negative effect on our lives, Right. Now, whether he's the one, I don't think he's the one that's putting these policies in place because I don't think he knows what day it is. It's it's his administration, Ryan. Exactly. Rather than you know, it's not him. Obviously, I mean, it's, this guy can't put a, a sentence together. So, right. But so, dude, like, I I did this episode today. I haven't done a solo episode in a long time, but like, I really want people that are like awake to this stuff, not woke, but awake to this stuff, and they know what's going on. Right? They think they know what's going on. I want all of us to think differently about this stuff, to think about it from the average person's perspective. Because when we sit here and we say voting doesn't matter, which I, I'll say that's a fact. I'll say it's a fact that it doesn't matter if you vote or not. But these liberal policies and these liberal candidates and all these things, these liberal administrations, this shit that's really kind of gotten us to the spot that we're in right now, it's gotten here because of the way that we have all thought and the way that it's it's really gotten into the main like zeitgeist of society us thinking that like if you're if you if you go against big government there's no reason you don't have a voice so don't even use your voice right we can sit here we can bitch and we can all have a podcast but don't go out and vote 
There's not one liberal out there that says don't go out and vote. All these crazy liberals are going out there and they're voting and they still believe that their voice has a fucking impact and they're getting their way, man. Like, I think that we need to think about this, like, like, like put yourself in your enemy's position. And I don't think that we should say that liberals are the enemy, but we need to put ourselves in like the Marxist mindset. Right. We need to rally together the whole the whole idea of sitting here and just being like, oh, let's just uh, make sure that we do our we take care of our own houses. Right. We start our homesteads. and We do all this stuff. It doesn't matter what you do outside of that. Dude, that's not the way that these that these people that vote for Biden and that still support Biden think. And they're winning like it or not. So we need to think a little differently because it's not fucking working right now. Yeah, but it is. <laughs> Is it intentionally not working? I think yes. this is a well-orchestrated plan, right? This has been going on since before 2000. But and, are we right into it if we go along? Well, we well here, here's my issue with it. When it comes to voting for federal positions, right, I, I don't think our vote really matters because the those are the people that are bought and sold, you know, they're they're paid for already. They're the uniparty for the most part. You know, it, you you they've campaigned on one thing and then, you know, totally vote whatever way their, you know, uh, support is funding them towards. Whereas at the local level, I, I totally agree with you. I think, you know, shit's gotten way too liberal, you know, especially in the cities. And that's. You know, you can vote that out. That's that's doable. I just think I think the the at the federal level, the system is such a mess and it's almost designed this way now to be in the position that it's in that I don't know if we have much way of fixing that or, you know, voting our way out of it. Right. My point, though, is that you're not going to hear one person that's a Joe Biden supporter agree with that sentiment. And they're all voting for Biden and they're saying that, oh, yeah, he's doing a good job. And those are the people that still stand behind voting. So I I agree, dude. I think that voting is a farce. But if you just put your voice out there and you still continue to vote, because I was I, I just kind of had this thought this morning. And that's why I did this episode. It's like we've, we 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 as conspiracy minded people, we like to think that we're right more than we're wrong. But what where has that gotten us? Where has that gotten society? Society's more fucked now that conspiracies have become mainstream. That's undeniable. I'm, a, I'm agreeing with Ryan here. You know, we were just talking off camera before we started recording how, how crazy the prices have gotten. So it's like, okay, so any of the conservative uh, leaders, they're all going to be Zionist. You know, they're all going to embezzle or wh wh they're all going to they're all going to do some corrupt stuff. But at the end of the day, I'd rather have a conservative government that at least is going to lower the prices. My gosh, if that's the only thing that we're talking about here, making it easy for the average person to just live their life and ignore politics, because through my years of I'm Canadian, anyone who doesn't know my years of coming back and forth and spending roughly half my time in America, there was really no difference between Obama's America and Trump's America. It was basically the same thing to me. But Biden's America is incredibly different. My gosh. The if only we're looking at prices, if that's the only thing we're looking at, it's a slap in the teeth every time I come here and, and realize how much everything has gone up. Matt, you were just talking about how, you know, a burger and fries for you and your kid was like 45 bucks. 
this is a direct you know uh, reflection of policy at the top level and in canada it's very much the same too so for example we've had trudeau in for a long time and i'm usually not actually in the country when elections going on so you know this whole thing about whether it's worth it to vote or not it usually just doesn't even matter for me because i'm not in the country but uh now we have someone running against him pierre who is an absolute snake i don't trust him at all you know he's he wants to give all our money to ukraine and israel as well right but i'll vote for him i'll vote for him because i'm sick of this and you know you guys i don't know if you've seen this there's some posts going viral right now where people are, are just absolutely shocked at their bill because trudeau put in this carbon tax on our natural gas and people are literally choosing between heat and food because the 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 tax is just massive for us in our little house the task the tax on each bill now just the carbon tax not we're not talking about the tax tax there's the carbon tax and then you get taxed on the tax right because the carbon tax is now part of your total which now you have to get taxed on the carbon tax for us was 75 bucks that's about the cost of our bill what it used to be right now our bills were getting them in at 300 bucks what the heck this is a direct reflection of federal policies and and that's what these and that's what these companies do ryan with their quote-unquote delivery fees right that's usually two to three times what your actual usage bill is it's it's insane how they get away with this and it's nuts yeah even if we turn the heat off we're still going to get slammed with usage fees and whatever well and that's the same thing that's happening here in in the in the states because i saw a woman on i don't know instagram reels or whatever and she was showing her bills from the last 12 months and it was like this year uh last year this time about 350 dollars, and then it, it went up a little bit then it went down and then all of a sudden this year same time it's almost 600 dollars. it's almost nearly doubled from the same time last year and she's like why can someone please explain this to me what's the difference mm. the and difference is the federal policy yeah and it's look it's we're exactly talking about voting with our dollar for many different things right vote with your dollar we can't vote with our dollar for getting robbed for all our dollars <laughs> and, and that's the problem between the taxes, right? Like you're mentioning, and then fees. I mean, just to do simple stuff. I mean, forget about, you know, having any major home repairs or any major car repairs. I mean, that can cripple people these days because what, or even, uh, you know, Ryan and I are big on animals, major vet bills. I mean, these things, one trip can cripple you these days and break a lot of families. Because yeah, Matt's saying we're both furries, you know, when we have yeah. to go to the doctor, it's, yeah, a, it's a hassle. We go to the vet. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I mean, <it's> a <laughs> Dude, no, you're right, Matt. I mean, what's interesting, too, though, is like you have these things like Timu or Temu, whatever. I mean, it, it is factually it's Timu. Uh, there's an, an older ad and it was actually a Super Bowl ad. But then this year they tried to gaslight us similar to the Mandela effect where they tell you there was no cornucopia on the fruit of the loom thing when there factually was. But you have these things where it's like there's workarounds where, you know, if you want to buy these luxurious things for your house that are made very cheaply, you can still do so through Timu. Right now, if you want to get some food, there's there's also these other apps. They're all apps where you buy like you know, disfigured produce and shit like that. Right. Which disfigured produce. I mean, that's, I, I would venture to say that that's probably more natural than some of this perfectly symmetrical, like these bell peppers that look beautiful and all these things. Or you buy a dozen eggs and they're exactly the same size. Right. 
Right. So yeah, buying the weirder kind of, you know, ugly produce and stuff like that, but they're all app based and they're all cheaper. There's that uh, butcher box, which they'll tell you that's like such great quality meat, but it's dog shit meat. I mean, anything that's offering you a year supply of ribeyes for free upon uh, upon your subscription, it's not quality meat, guys. I hate to tell you that. And that's no Just slander. step above the McRib, Ryan. Hey, don't you fucking talk about that. <laughs> no, I know, I I know your affinity for the McRib. So I was like, no, oh, no, dude, that thing's so fucking gross. Dude, I've never even tried it. I think that like the people that eat the McRib look like sloth from the Goonies, usually. You know what I mean? This is not a normal food to eat. But uh, I just think it's funny, the uh, cult that's built around that McRib there. I know someone who just died, man. They love the McRib. Sucks. Oh, that shit, wasn't that wasn't the cause of death, was it? Well, not it's not going to be on the death certificate, but okay, because we could it have can't have helped. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it wasn't well, like they on a McRib. Yeah, that sucks, man. Was it a was it a friend? Was it somebody that you knew close? Did were they did they have like the eating habits of someone that uh, would enjoy McRib? Would have it was my friend's mom, and to be honest, that's just one of the main things that sticks out to me. Like she loved the McRib, and you know, yeah. Just, not like she was eating 100 junk food all the time but she loved that mcrib i mean that's the thing man like they get you like they they get you everybody has a guilty pleasure i don't care how healthy you are man everybody has a guilty pleasure ryan i know you're very healthy but you also smoke weed right weed's not the healthiest thing to do i mean it's probably one of the it's probably the most healthy drug that you could get into and you probably don't even consider it a drug but I mean, there's a, there's there's a lot worse things that you can do than weed, but everybody has their vice. Everybody's mm-hmm. got something. Some people, the the movie that really portrayed this so well was Requiem for a Dream, and that's such a phenomenal movie. Someone's there's a a couple of people that are addicted to heroin. There, the mom's addicted to TV, you know, and it's like the it's almost like the TV addiction was worse than the heroin addiction. She ended up in the psych ward. And, you know, the one kid just lost his arm, you know, like I'd rather lose my arm than end up in a psych ward. So, you know, everybody's got their addiction. And sometimes these things have, uh, you know, more profound effect on their life and stuff. But I don't know, man, it, it's interesting. Everybody's got their vice. And we uh, we we all fall victim to this ship. You know, my parents showed me that movie, by the way. I know we're, we might verge off topic a little bit, but wow, that movie stuck with me. They showed it to me when it came out in the year 2000, maybe 2001. So I was 10 or 11 years old. And anyone who's seen that movie, like, I, you shouldn't be watching it when you're 10, 11 years old. But man, yeah. it's absolutely traumatizing. And I did end up doing hard drugs, to be honest. But I never forgot that movie. And I would never let myself get that deep in and honestly i pulled out as soon as i felt it things really started to get bad i pulled out and i it, always that movie was in my head like when when i'm a little older than both of you guys so when I, the movie for my generation equal to that that did the same thing to me was basketball diaries with leonardo dicaprio and it was a bunch of kids that or that or the movie kids too that was another it's, really yeah dude fucked yeah. up movie but the and those came out. I think I was in middle school at the time. And man, those uh, I'll never forget those those things. Man. And there's something about it at that age too. When you see when you see that hard drug use for the first time, and you're like, what is going on? You really don't understand it. 
do you think it's romanticized in those kinds of movies though? Because there's also like train spotting, right? There's this great movie too called Oxymorons. It's got Tim Sylvia, the UFC uh, old school UFC heavyweight. I don't know if you remember Tim Sylvia. He's like a gorilla, massive dude. Yeah. Just, uh, I mean, it looked like he was melting though. He wasn't like one of these roided out guys. But I mean, there's something about it where it's like, if you're in a bad mood and watching one of these movies, it like hits really really interestingly it's it's a it's a fun watch but it's also like holy shit like this world is a dark place yeah well another one along those lines too is is what's eating gilbert grape right oh, that's yeah. more of a light-hearted one but man that's a pretty fucked up movie when you think about it yeah for sure yeah american dad makes fun of it really funny with um some squirrels it's a side story <laughs> And there's some squirrels and the mom is eating like an obscene amount of acorns and she's <laughs> stuck in the tree and they can't get her out of the tree. And uh, she ends up having a heart attack in the tree. And there's this retarded squirrel trying to wake her up and she's not waking up. And it's it's sad, but it's hilarious because it's a cartoon. That is funny. <laughs> yeah, man. But uh, those things stick with you, man. Don't do, do drugs, kids. Yeah. Stay away from the hard shit, please. I don't think it was very romanticized either, man. Yeah, I'm just thinking of really? Requiem for a Dream. And uh, yeah, my, I remember, too, my parents like left the room. They didn't even want to watch it. They're like, you're just going to watch this. We're, we're, we'll be back. <laughs> crazy. Well, I mean, it, it, and it's crazy. So it didn't work, huh? Like, they, it seemed like they were trying to scare you away from this stuff and it didn't work. Well, it did. It did for needles. It did for needles. I was more into uppers as a kid, to be honest. So, you know, the whole uh, record for dreams more about opiates and yeah, heroin. heroin and stuff. And I wasn't into that being a lo loser junkie. I was into being a, you know, gangster drug dealer kid. And you can't do that on downers. Mm. Yeah, man. It's weird. It's just weird how different different kids minds work. It's almost like uh, that that classic and it's hacky to talk about. But that nature versus nurture thing, man, like it's almost like you just can't really fully control what your kids do. Well, no, no matter how much you control to the environment that they're in totally, you know, and if you do, I, it's a delicate balance, right? Because I, I used to work in a very wealthy town and with, you know, kids, uh, they were teenagers and, you know, watching their parents you know, some of them monitored their every move. Like they sent them to private school. Their day was regimented out. Everything was worked out beforehand. The kid had no like free time, no like, and to watch these kids, I'm like, well, they're certainly safe from certain aspects of society. But at the same time, when that kid gets loose in society, it's almost like they're more they're going to be more susceptible to that shit because they've been sheltered up so much that who knows when you actually let them go. I always wondered if it's better to get it out of the system young like me and my friends we were very very wild at a very very young age. Like I started selling drugs at 10 years old to be honest. But a lot of us we kind of just aged out of it whereas there was a lot of kids who weren't allowed to go outside, you know, at night and stuff like that. They had to be home at 8 p.m. or whatever. And they finally got to college and they went wild, you know, some of them became alcoholics and or got got knocked up or knocked somebody else up. It's just like when we when we did it, when we're all kids, it just now it doesn't really matter anymore. You know, I don't have any impulse to do drugs anymore. It's just it it's done. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe if you have that 
idea of, well, what if, then uh, you might get caught up into it when you're older. There's got to be a balance. I mean, I, I, I've i met kids that are the exact same to where, like the, the people that you're talking about, Ryan, where it's like they weren't allowed to do anything when they were younger. And then they go out and just like as soon as they get the freedom to do anything, they do everything and they overdo it but the 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 difference now dude is there's fentanyl in everything yeah. it seems oh like. boy so it's like they can't you can't go out there and just casually try coke anymore like there's a very good chance that you're going to get some fentanyl laced coke and the one time you try it it's going to kill you you know and that's um, the scariest time, yeah. thing man is that it's just that one time too and i i mean having my son who's he'll be 11 this year it's like that's the one thing I keep stressing to him over and over again is like, dude, no matter what, don't take anything you don't know what it is, you know, and even if you know what it is, don't take it right now because you never know. And all it takes is one bad time and that's it. There's no do over, you know, <laughs> you're done. That's it. And it's it's scary as a parent because you could do yeah. everything right. And you hear these horror stories, of these kids that are, you know, stand up kids just having a good time. And, you know, they they got the unlucky hit and that was it. They're done. Well, dude, not, not you know, not to pound this fear porn home for any parents out there. But like you see these videos of cops fucking opening doors of cars where there's fentanyl inside and they just breathe in. They don't even touch it. They don't do nothing. And then they're having to get hit with Narcan. And it's like, dude. Like, just imagine that. Like, th this is, th it seems, and I know that this is some some of that, like, you know, far-right fear porn of, like, the border crisis and all this stuff, but it seems like like this is an attack on the youth of this country is what that fentanyl is, man. And, like, you know, there's this, this serious crisis of, like, fighting age males coming through the border. Supposedly it's around 8 million people uh, that are fighting age men coming through the southern border right now. A lot of Chinese nationals. And it just so happens to be that there's a ton of fentanyl. Uh, there's an epidemic, a serious one, man. Um, Kim's actually been watching a lot of um, like documentaries on San Francisco and shit like that. And it's just a cesspool. It, you, I mean, 10 years ago, that's a beautiful place. And now it's just a shithole. Maybe a, a little longer than 10 years ago. Uh, maybe I mean I was there about ten years ago, dude, and and I remember when I went there. Maybe I was at the nicer places, Ryan. But like, I I, I remember thinking like I want to live here. It was beautiful when I was there ten years ago. Go but, back. Let's go back to liberal policies, though, because it's not just drug users. It's the fact that they're allowed to do them. So they've you know vagrancy is legal, theft is legal, all the stuff is legal. And I think the tide is turning. By the way, I think you know people are fed up. You're seeing lots of videos about people beating up shoplifters and stuff, and that's exactly what it should be massive heavy punishments it doesn't have to come from the police or the government it should just be massive public uh, massive punishments for people acting a fool like this and doing drugs in the street was completely unheard of we've talked about this before you know matt you said you used to keep a dime bag up your butt you know more or less to, to evade capture right and and now it's like it doesn't matter you, you can you can bang hard drugs on the street uh, bang means needle in canon i don't know if it means the same thing here you can do it on the street. You can poop on the street. You know, this is just the type of thing that would never, ever, 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 ever happen before. If you were a junkie, you had to go under a bridge. Now you can just hang out in front of the Starbucks. And that that's because of legal policies. And it's largely because of liberal. Well, it's completely because of liberal policies. And I think they took all this stuff too far. And it is going to swing hard in the other direction. 
And I'm excited for it. I'm excited for a hard right America because this is enough. And and well, that ties that point. Yeah, and that ties in directly with what you said, Rye, too. It's it's the there's this war on children. And and whether it's through the drugs, whether it's through the sexualization and the, the whole gender issues, it's there's there's an attack on children. And the difference, like with the drugs, is you could do them back in the day or people were doing them back in the day, but it was out of sight, right? Like you said, right, it was under a bridge, it was in the woods, it was in their home. Now it's in the middle of the street. It's the same thing with the sexualization of, of, of children. They're, they're, they're pushing it on these kids and it's right in their face where, and you wonder why. And it goes back to what you were saying. It's these policies, these policies of these people that have, lost their damn minds and think it's okay for this shit you know it's the you know do whatever you want mentality and that's you know that's dangerous and we're starting to see how how that goes and how much of a disaster it is when it's just you know yeah do whatever you want doesn't that's matter the alistair crowley shit right yeah was, well that's yeah. the that's the law do whatever you want basically and yeah it's it's got some occult principles to it and, and what do you see all over television and all over media? It's occult symbolism, right? And it's almost like it's all combining together and, and orchestrated together to push things in a direction, right? Because this isn't a grassroots thing. This is a well-orchestrated, well-funded movement that's been taking place over you know years, if not generations, Oh, yeah, dude. In the era of the Internet, there is no such thing as a grassroots movement anymore. It's gone. That's been gone for 20 years. Not in America. You Whoa, see what do you, hold on. What do you, what, do you mean, what do you mean by this? There's no such thing as a grassroots movement. It's just as simple as that sounds, man. Like everything that comes about, it's a psychological operation of some kind. It's an experiment. Um, I mean, I don't know if you can give me an example that's not one, but I would even venture to say that like the the alternative health movement, I think that that's something because I know that you're very passionate about that, Ryan. And I'm not trying to throw shade at anyone that does any kind of work in this stuff. But what it is to me, in my opinion, and, and maybe we can have a discussion about this, is that this shit comes about for a reason and it's allowed to be on the Internet for a reason. I know that podcasts and, and YouTube channels and things like this get deleted. But all that happens with these things is more attention gets drawn to it, right? Look at Alex Jones, look at InfoWars, look at all this stuff. Attention gets drawn to this stuff when it gets targeted, when it gets deleted, especially right now with COVID. I mean, think about the whole thing with the vaccines, right? I, I, I know you want to say something, so I'll just wrap this thought up real quick. The, the, the COVID vaccine, everyone is now realizing how dangerous that is. But why was that even allowed to be a thought in the first place? I do think that the government is pretty damn close to all powerful, right? I, I think that it's uh, it's very okay. What's this? This is the World Economic Forum's uh, global risks report for 2024 and their top 10 risks. Okay, in, in the next two years, the number one risk, according to the World Economic Forum, is misinformation and disinformation. Okay, that's that's ahead of extreme weather events. It's ahead of societal polarization, cyber insecurity, uh, interstate armed conflict, 
uh, lack of economic opportunity and inflation, right? So all these things are less of a concern to these people right now than misinformation and disinformation. Okay. Yeah. So let I mean, me let me jump in here. I got I got to say, okay. So I've been in the alternative health world for at least ten years, yeah. and it's literally described by our founder, Dr. Joel Wallach, as a grassroots movement of the informed. It was created for that purpose. And I do, I do actually believe it because we have no influence from above. And when it comes to social media, guys, today, today, our food account on YouTube, food, our food account, we make gluten-free food and stuff. It got uh, not demonetized, but it got restricted. Our health account has been demonetized. Even on TikTok, our, our posts are getting taken down. I thought TikTok was more free. Nope, they've taken down more stuff in the last three months than Instagram has in five years. So we're still up against a wall here because we are what they call the misinformation and we're not being helped in any way at all. And, uh, you know, on YouTube, my mud flood videos do pretty good. I don't make them anymore, but, you know, the uh, hidden history stuff does pretty good. People are interested. People see it on their feeds and whatnot. Health health videos, 200 people watch it. You know, it's not because they're not interested. We actually have a diehard, strong following that, that supports basically everything we do, yet they don't see it. And, you know, for years and years, you guys have heard this before from other accounts. We've got people say, hey, I don't see your story anymore. I'm like, I do it every day. <laughs> you know, we post every day. We, oh, I don't see anything on your feet. We post thousands, thousands of posts. What do you mean you don't see it? It's there. Right. So yeah. people got people who know they got to go and look for it. They got to search for it. And sometimes they, they get, you know, hey, I was following you, but I went and it, I wasn't following you. You again, you've heard all this stuff before from other conspiracy accounts. But I'm just saying that we are not helped at all. Why is this allowed to happen? Well, it, it's kind of not. You know, YouTube has fully come out last year in the summer and said we are going to actively suppress anything that goes against mainstream medicine probably because they're they're actively invested in medical technologies themselves, the Alphabet, Alphabet Corporation. And, and because and Ryan, when you say censored, like to the point where you can type in the name of the video or the name of the person you're looking for, and it doesn't come up in the search engine True. anymore. To, to the second thing Ryan, you were saying, Ryan, you for proving my point, you proved my exact point right there, because what you guys are doing is not put out on a mainstream scale. I'm talking about big, quote unquote, grassroots movements, right? Like the Wall Street thing that was going on. I forget. I can't remember the name of it right well, now. Occupy Wall Street. Occupy Wall Street. These grassroots movements that are big movements, right? My grandma, who's been alive for, I mean, she's she's old, dude. She's like 94 years old. She is all about like holistic health and all this stuff. She's not part of any movement. You know what I mean? She's just, she, she realize that eating good whole foods is like healthier than eating processed food but she's not part of a movement a yeah. lot of the people that are in your line of work are just doing this stuff on their own terms and they're finding this information because they go out of their way when you're seeing this stuff online it's coming up on google searches there's no such thing as a grassroots movement that pops up on a google fucking search no but you're right you're right too though right two generations ago alternative health was just the way we lived exactly. and it's, it's just only it's yeah it was just that's all there was you know everything was natural in two generations we've put we've been poisoned so much to the fact that 
looking at the way of food and living the way they did just two generations ago is now conspiracy. It's dangerous. It's, it's not allowed to be viewed. And that's, that's amazing. You know, if you think about that, that's a, there's a powerful machine behind that. Let me jump in on COVID quick. Cause you mentioned it. So yeah, yeah. what we do hear from the mainstream right now, it's, and it's, it's supposedly alternative is this lab leak thing, right? The, the lab leak is now mainstream. Well, I, I think that's total misdirection, misinformation. You guys know my stance from the beginning. They showed us Chinese people falling dead in the streets and they weren't even really falling dead. They were opening their eyes and breaking their falls. It was completely fake. It was completely staged. And they used that to say that this is what's going to happen here. And everybody forgot about the Chinese people falling dead. Nobody felt that anywhere else, etc. But uh, so a, a fake disease can't come from a lab. In my opinion, and you know, I'm on the train theory side that there is no viruses, anyways. We can have bacterial transmission and uh, fungus and, and mold and, and stuff like that. But viruses, I, I do believe, although it's not completely 100% proven, that uh, there's something produced by the body in response to an illness. They're not the thing that causes the illness. It's not. It's not transmissible. You guys, if you guys have not seen this, and if the audience has not seen it, you guys have to go on Rumble and watch a two-hour talk called "The Antidote." The Antidote blew my mind apart. One of my doctor friends, I'm not a doctor, but one of my doctor friends bugged me. Ryan, you got to watch this. Ryan, you got, yeah, it's two hours long. Though. Ryan, you, you got to watch this. You, you have to watch this. Bug me to watch it. Completely changed the way that I thought about COVID. And I'm going to spoil it, but it's not spoiling it. You should, this guy has a pretty airtight case on what actually happened. And it's, it has actually changed my mind because I thought basically just they re, they rebranded the flu, right? We had, you know. Whole, hundreds of thousands of flu deaths every year and they just they completely disappeared in 2020 they just called the flu covid well i think i was wrong about snake that. venom it, it's snake venom he knows <laughs> it's snake venom i'm not saying it's 100 fact but man that that uh case is is pretty solid i can't argue against it and oh, i've just serious? been seeing vi i'm absolutely serious snake oh, venom wow. snake venom and uh, this is why the illness was so weird too i caught the thing right in 2019 before the world shut down I spent Christmas Day in a hotel room, shivered up in the shower, you know, with an illness like I've never felt before. And I'm nourished and all that stuff, too. It, it, snake venom. Snake venom. Super interesting. And I'm not going to spoil what the antidote itself actually is. So the first half of it goes into, you know, the snake venom theory and uh, how it was put into the water and all this stuff. And I've been seeing videos now where there's trucks backing up into rivers and dumping water, dumping green ish water and not not like lime green but like tinted green water into the rivers and stuff like this and uh, i think they're going to do it again i think they're well, going to do it again the, with snake the venom. peters thing ryan I, not to i'm sorry to jump in but like i, I was joking when i said snake venom I, it's it's interesting that that you know with some serious science behind it you feel like this is what it could potentially be did you see that Stu peters thing i didn't see the Stu peters thing had, had you seen that matt the because I, yeah, I we like talked about that, what, two years ago when that whole watch the water thing? I think that was 2021. Yeah, because he released it on 322 on March 22nd, what, yeah. right? The skull and bones number. So we all thought that was like a weird misdirectional thing. And, it, you know, it's, a, uh, you know, venom from a cobra and something else. Right. But he had a lot of very interesting information about it. So you're saying, Ryan, with like the work that you do, you actually feel like it was something to do with snake venom yes and um the other part of this you know you've got the flu disappearing too they added that to the total that's still a real thing they still there was no flu deaths in 2020 
And uh, they still murdered people on ventilators. That's murder. We were talking about um, yeah. fentanyl earlier. And to put you on the uh, ventilator, they give you a few drugs and fentanyl is one of them. So that's murder. They killed my grandfather that way, giving him fentanyl. He didn't even have COVID. And they have to jam a tube down your throat, right? They have to kind of put you into a sort of artificial coma. So there's a few drugs they need to do that with. And fentanyl is one of them. So that's mass murder with fentanyl and ventilators. And um, another one is that uh, remdesivir, remdesivir, which was a brand new drug, completely brand. That's why I never heard of it, right? It's just brand new untested drug. And that same uh, doctor who's in the antidote, he's a chiropractor, by the way, but give him the respect, call him a doctor. And uh, he he is the one that termed it. I think he's the one that termed it uh, run death is near, right? That's the kind of rhymes with it a little bit. Run death is near. So it's just a deadly drug, right? They give you a cocktail of deadly drugs. So they murdered tons and tons and tons of people who went into hospitals. But at the same time, a lot of people who didn't go into hospitals and and still did die. I'm not familiar with any of those cases. I'm not aware of any of those cases. As far as I know, everyone who ever contacted me throughout the years who got the thing and did not go into the hospital, they all survived. But let's say there was some people who did die as well outside of hospital. I'm saying it was. In my opinion, I'm believing this theory that they were given snake venom and that watch the water thing. I think that's the same guy. Yeah. I'm trying to find that chiropractor's name that you're talking about. Cause that's exactly the same dude. It's the same guy that Stu Peters worked with. And man, it's interesting that, that you, that you feel like this is legit. I, I I'm not arguing with you for the record. I just, to me, it seemed like, uh, I mean, Stu Peters is a big QAnon guy, right? And that's not to say that QAnon is wrong about everything. But I feel like it's a bit of a cult and and they got into some weird territory here. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm trying to find this guy's name real quick. Um, but yeah, dude, it it, it kind of blows my mind that uh, it, is it David Relman? No, that's not it. Type in the antidote on Rumble. It'll come up. Was it the doc? The, the chiropractor was the guy that was talking about this the whole time on yeah. antidote. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah, dude. I don't know. I, I'll, I'll find it in a second. But it's just to me, it's just one of those things where uh, Brian Artis, Doctor Brian Artis. Yeah, Doctor Artis. Okay. That sounds familiar for sure. I don't know, man. Matt, how, where do you stand on that, dude? Like, I, I remember we talked about this, and we it, it, when it came out, it was such an interesting theory. But then it just seemed like, like goofy at, to a certain extent. But now that Ryan's talking about it, I yeah, I I don't know what to think on this stuff because I, I I think they there's some manipulation going on. But I yeah, I don't know. We when we were talking about the whole snake venom stuff, and I thought it was just a little ridiculous at the time, and. I, I don't know. Well, if you drank snake venom, it wouldn't, you know, if you put it in the water supply, if you drank snake venom, it wouldn't have the same effect on you. That was like uh, supposedly proven. Do you know anything about that, Ryan? Well, it wouldn't have the exact same effect as a large dose being injected into your veins, but it would have a much, yeah, it would have a much uh, more insidious low level effect. And especially if you're trained that, okay, you're feeling these symptoms, go to the hospital. Now you're dead. For sure. Hmm. almost everyone who was put on the ventilators died yeah i was hearing mainstream hospitals and stuff coming out with numbers that was like 80 percent and upwards that were dying on ventilators hmm. which is mass murder right you'd be better off doing nothing at all 
far better off doing nothing at all. Far better. Yeah. Yeah, I remember my dad had COVID and I uh I was kind of being an asshole to the nurses. I was like, if you guys put him on a ventilator, like I'm gonna be back in here and it's not gonna be good for you guys. And they're like, Yeah, it, I mean, we're gonna consent with him if he wants to go on one. He said right in front of me, I don't want to go on a ventilator. And I was like, I hear him say he doesn't want to go on a ventilator. If you guys put him on a fucking ventilator, I mean, I don't know how many days left you guys got. Like I was fucking mean to these people. And they they he walked out of there, man. You know, he got right out of there after, you know, about four hours. And um, I don't know, man, it, just some people just don't they don't feel like they like they trust these doctors and these nurses so much that they don't feel like they can have authority over their own bodies or their loved ones bodies. And so they're just like, ah, let's just trust these people. Yeah. And these people think that they're doing the right thing. I think nine times out of 10, but they're, they're, you know, brainwashed, I think to a certain extent, they don't know any other options. Yeah. Do you think that they're bad people? I think we had this conversation before, Ryan, you think a lot of doctors are decent people. Do you think, I mean, do you still feel the same way? A lot of them are decent people. A lot of them are absolutely terrible people, absolute psychopaths who refuse to take responsibility for their actions, refuse to be accountable. And there's absolutely a lot of people who who left. There's a lot of people who quit being a nurse and quit being a, a doctor during COVID. They said, I can't do this anymore. I can't participate in this evilness. Those who stayed, those who recognized the evil and stayed, those people are absolute pieces of garbage. It's like the mind virus, Rye, that has kind of in incorporated everything, though. And, and I mean, it's no doubt that it would have gotten to that you know, guys, the problem is in such an evil circumstance and in, su in such an evil system, the good people will leave. Now you're only left with the garbage people. Now yeah. you're only left with the psychopaths. Now you're the, you're only left with the people who will do whatever it takes to get their paycheck. And they just don't care. You know, there's people who will put you on a ventilator. And and by the way, as being in the health business, you do get numb as well. Right. We have I have uh, probably one person each month die before I can even before they get the products or you talk to them on the phone on thursday night they, they die that night once a month you know regularly i get numb to it i get numb to it it doesn't it doesn't affect me emotionally anymore if you're a nurse you will see lots and lots of people die same with the doctor if you care too much you cannot be a, a nurse or a doctor you have to harden up and those who are too emotional too empathetic can't do it you cannot be in the health business you can't deal with people like this you'll see them at their worst you know you have to be cold to be a proper healthcare practitioner. And so, yeah, a lot of people leave before even things get hot. But then, yeah, when I think when, you know, the fire was cranked up in 2020, 2021, those who stayed, a lot of them are bad people. I'll never come out and say that every every single one of them is bad. No, no, no. There's lots and lots of good doctors. There's lots and lots of good nurses. There's lots of those people who leave and, and become an alternative person. Our our whole industry is filled with people who left mainstream medicine. Right. But and a lot of them who are left in just don't care. They Don't forced care. a lot of good people out too, you know, with the, the, uh, oh, yeah, you speak out, you're fired. Yeah. If you spoke out or if you didn't take their procedure, like everyone else, even though you survived through the heart of the fire and came out of it unscathed. Now you have to take this experimental medical procedure or be terminated. Yep. Well, dude, this, you know, quick story with like when my father, when he, you know, had open heart surgery and I've mentioned this on my show, I might have even mentioned it here before, but like 
every single hospital, it seems like they're all it's big business now. They're all they're all conglomerates, right? There's no like hometown hospital, right? That you're gonna go to. They're all like Carondelet or Banner or any of these big, big things, right? I don't even know if fucking Carondelet's a thing. I remember that's just one of the the ones that sticks out in my mind. But Banner's a big one, uh, one of the biggest employers here in Tucson. Um there's like Northwest hospital here that's owned by another conglomerate and all these different things. And some of these things cut corners. Now banner seems to be like a good one. Um, this is where my dad went. It's, it's ran by the university of Arizona, which has a, a solid medical program as far as medical programs go. And he went there and these people took really good care of him, man. Like very, very good care. They were very open to his concerns because um, you know, when, when you have open heart surgery, they have like blood on standby in case you lose too much blood and then they'll they'll throw some extra blood in you. I don't know the proper terminology, but they'll put extra blood in you. And he was he showed very great concern about like, it, is it possible that I'm going to get some vaccinated blood in me because I'm not vaccinated? And if I did get vaccinated blood, what kind of effect would that have on my immune system? And the doctor straight up said I don't know. Let me find that answer for you. And that to me is so fucking important when a doctor can say, I don't know. Let me get the the correct answer instead of just feeding you some bullshit. Super rare. So I gained such a fucking like great respect for this hospital just because this one doctor was humble enough to say, I don't know, man. Let me find this out for you, though, because that's what I'm told to do in my job. That's what everyone's told to do from a, a bus boy at a restaurant to a, a you know high level doctor at a at a hospital i think that's what everyone that's the way that everyone should approach it no one knows all the answers and this guy went and found out and he said it shouldn't have much of an effect because after the blood sits for a while blah 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 now who knows if that's the correct answer but at least it gave my dad comfort when he was the most scared that he's ever been in his life you know what i mean um do you know if that's true ryan do you know if if like vaccinated blood after it sits for a while does that vaccine dissipate after it's not in, in a you know being pumped through the heart and all that shit well remember that this type of vaccine is just completely new so i'm already not trained in vaccines i'm not even supposed to know about medicines and stuff i have to google drugs all the time you know i remember the basic ones but there's so many drugs out there you wouldn't believe so it's not my expertise but this is a brand new thing so people ask well what's the long-term consequences well if i kiss somebody can i get to i don't know I never heard of a spike protein before, before this. Right, right, this, right. this is brand new to everybody. So any doctor should give you that answer too. I don't know. It's brand new. It's a total experiment. We never yeah. heard about this. There's no way they were taught about it in medical school because it didn't exist. Yeah. It's yeah, not even being taught now. For these guys. For that. It's a, it's a mystery. There are even just, just now there's some tests that have been developed for the spike protein. It's brand new. Brand new. And the people, I actually just had a, a conversation with, um, a, a clinic that does testing for spike proteins and even they were very open like look we we honestly we really don't i asked them so many questions and most of the answers were i don't know don't know well and that's because there's not enough data on it right i mean it's it's there such a short yeah. yeah and this is but you know we, taught, we were taught that vaccine was like you introduce um the thing that uh, causes the illness but you do it in a, either a, a, a deactivated form or a diluted form or something like that so it teaches your immune system to be um, ready for it that's a standard 
you know, explanation of what a vaccine is supposed to do. That's not what mRNA does. It's just a completely different thing. So uh, yeah, all these spike proteins, all these little worm type robot type things are seen in blood and stuff like this. I have no idea. It scares the bejesus out of me. I wouldn't want to participate in any mass medical experiment like this at all. And we're now seeing the consequences. Let's just jump back to what you were saying, you know, about things showing up in the mainstream. This is also showing up slightly in the mainstream, but I think it's so big that they just can't ignore it, that there's so much evidence that deaths have gone up and the vaccine has caused so many deaths or has at least contributed to so many deaths. But then you also have the lab leak thing at the same time. I think that's the psyop is, is, is the lab leak theory. They probably will get Fauci to be the fall guy. You know, he's like 80 something years old. You know, he's ready to retire anyways. I don't think he really cares anyways, because that man truly is a psychopath. I know you guys don't like R.F. Kennedy, but I read his book recently. Uh, that's the, the the real truth about Anthony Fauci. I gave it one of my rare 10 out of 10s. I don't trust RFK either, but man, that book. That's was a, a great was book, though. Yeah. Heck of a wow. takedown. Solid. Wow. No, so Fauci just seems to be an all outright terrible person since all the way back through his career. Absolute manipulator, liar. We're, ta we're talking 50 years, Ryan, right? It's not the last five, even 20 years. Long we're, career. We're, the guy gets paid more than the president. You know, he's he's a many time over multimillionaire. He's good to go. It's OK if he's the fall guy. He's not going to go to jail anyways. Government employees don't go to jail, you know, but they're going to set him up as the fall guy. For this thing based on the lab leak theory which is complete bs which to me is a cover story for the again i'm 99 on the fence here uh, that that's that's the cover story for actually what really happened was a mass poisoning of the water which with snake venom sounds more like a sociopath i i, I might be getting the, the terms mixed up but yeah like a sociopath i think doesn't care about the laws and a psychopath does care about the laws but they try to evade them but a sociopath doesn't care about the laws because they know that they're above them, kind of, right? If I'm not mistaken, it's something. I might, I might have that opposite, but it's just. I'm not sure it's a worthwhile distinction. He's a bad guy. Yeah, yeah, horrible, horrible person, man. I don't know if you, you know, the Secrets of Nim, that that movie that's like Disney adjacent. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but it's horrifying. Uh, Nim is that uh, National Institute of Mental Health, and that was, um, you know, it's a kids movie. That talks about these rats and all these things, these cartoon rats that were being experimented on under Fauci. And they show the beagles. They show, I mean, it's horrible. It's fucking sad. I can't imagine a kid watching this. We're talking about, you know, uh, Requiem for a Dream and stuff. This is traumatizing for a child to watch. You, you see Fauci in the interviews when he's pried with questions about the cause and deaths and, and you know, not being effective. This guy smiles every time. Yeah. I like the word psychopath. It just sounds better. Absolute psychopath. Oh, so your uh, your vaccines don't reduce transmission, eh? Ha! No, you're wrong. You know, just a maniac. Maniac. Smiling through the damning evidence, you know, and just, just, just lying. It wasn't me. Shaggy over here. Mm. Yeah, man, it's scary. But where is he now? Where is he now? He's He's been out of the spotlight, man. No one knows where he is, I think. That's what's interesting about these characters. They come up in key times. Well, and what we were talking about earlier, remember, every, everybody should remember. I mean, this guy was in office during Trump. He's been in office, you know, since the 80s. Yeah. And Trump closed the border. I'm always going to say it every chance I get. I will never forgive Trump for closing the border. You know, so both all of these fools are part of the grand plan, whatever it is. Hopefully some of them 
lower the taxes and build the wall or whatever it is, but it, it, they're still going to do all the, the same stuff when it comes to these grand schemes. While, while we were talking about viruses, and I, I've been hearing a lot about this disease X lately, and like you see here, I'm showing an article from the WHO saying it's not a matter of when, but if uh, it happens. And, you know, there's that and there's this, I'm seeing a lot of people connect it with this solar eclipse that's happening that makes a giant X. Um, I don't, you know, I think that's nonsense for the most part unless it's some yeah. yeah going back to occult shit maybe possibly but this whole idea of and and it sounds so crazy that they're able to tell us that there's a, about a disease that doesn't exist yet that's going to hit us that's never happened before ever yes well yeah, it did it, and, and, and nobody nobody finds this suspicious at all right i mean uh Obviously, there's people that do, but the mainstream doesn't find it suspicious at all. They're just like, yeah, oh, it's coming. Oh, no. What can we do? I mean, this has happened before. It happened in 2020, mm -hmm. right? 2019 with COVID. I mean, there was predictions. There was simulations that were ran for this exact scenario that happened. So I think that that was almost like a practice run. But that's and what I'm saying, right? After going through that, Right. We're four years removed now from that outbreak, quote unquote. And people are still falling for this and not thinking it's suspicious in the least. And I don't think they are falling for it. I don't no, think they are. No. OK. At, um, mainstream viewership is down so, so, so far. I've, I've said this before. In the last two years, the alternative health world has absolutely exploded. You know, even right now, I'm doing this podcast because I, I enjoy doing this podcast with you guys. But I'm getting a flood of emails. I'm seeing my phone go off right now. It's been nonstop for two years. Like crazy nonstop. Because no one believes this anymore. There are some, there are some honestly, some people who, who do, but it's a much, much smaller number. It will not be anywhere near what it was in 2020. If something, if they do try something again, it's gonna be different, I do believe. And look at the trucker protests right now, too. I know we had the trucker protests in Canada and America during the pandemic, but you see Belgium right now, France, and right now they just reached Ottawa again in Canada. People are rising up. People have had enough. And I think that's, uh, you know, of course, they did the lockdowns and people had enough eventually of it. But now it's prices. Now you're hitting every family where it hurts. None, most of us were not rich to begin with. Most people were already just skating by to begin with. And now we're all hurting. I know rich people, to be honest, that are hurting. You know, I've I know people who have eight cars that are selling a couple of their cars, and that might be like a boohoo situation to a lot of people listening. But you know, straight up, I know serious business people and whatever that are well off, and and they're hurting. They're seeing everything going down and prices going up, and nobody stands for that. You know, no matter what your political beliefs are, as soon as you stop getting your money, now it's on. Uh, the problem is on the left that the people who get the money, most of them are living on welfare anyways. So they, all they have to do is, is support the government. That's their only position they can possibly take because they don't contribute anything to society. Not saying all of them, but most of them. All these parasites in the government and all these subsidiary agencies and charities and stuff, you know, they're not hurting because they live on government handouts. They, they are leeches to the rest of us. But every single productive member of society is feeling a pinch right now. And now it's this is beyond politics, and we're not going to stand for any of this nonsense. 
man, I got, I got to push back still. I think this is the same way that people were feeling in 2020, man. And I think this is why I, I stress that people should really think different and they shouldn't think that things are changing. I think that we got to think that things are not changing and things are just going to be the fucking same. We can't get our hopes up like we did with fucking QAnon in 2020, man. I think like this is the same thing. This is like QAnon 2.0 where shit's getting so bad that everyone, right? Everyone is going to is gonna rise up. They're going to rally together, the rich and the poor and the black and the white and the Mexicans, the Asians. Everyone's going to rise together. It's it's QAnon. It's that it's that Operation Hope, right? The the white dove shit that that was like old from the Bolshevik days and all this stuff. Nothing is changing, man. We can't sit here and just say that just because things are getting slightly hard that that people are going to realize what's going on and we can't get passive because then when you when you sit here and you say that and I'm not saying you, Ryan, but I'm just saying like people in general have that same sentiment where they're like, hey, everyone's realized what's going on. So, you know, things are going to change. Dude, nothing's going to change unless we make it change. People can't even rally together to not pay taxes together. It's it's going to change, Ryan, because that's the cycle of time. You know, that's what happens. It It's a pendulum. It can only go so far before it breaks and it has to start swinging back. It doesn't. But Matt, you're a student of history, dude. Like, how far is it going to go? How far is it going to go? Because we're not in the that, that slave era yet. No, no, so no it's not even so slaves. I mean, we are in a slave era. It's just a different kind of slavery. What what I mean, you're talking depression type era. I'm talking like, I mean, worse than the depression, dude. The depression seems like a warm up for what I think is going to happen. And we might not even be alive when this stuff happens. It might. I, I think it's going to happen so much slower than we think it is. We think that this is going to happen in the next four years, 10 years, 20 years. I think 50 years from now when we're long gone. And unfortunately, the people that have kids here that will have to deal with this, right? Like the, the kids will have to deal with this stuff. We're, I think, I honestly think we're going to be dead, but we're going to be alive while this stuff just continues to transgress or, or, or digress or whatever the fuck you want to say. It's going to get to this point where it's so nasty that people just want to give up and people are selling their soul just to be a part of the system, right? Like, do you think do you really think that like the the Neuralink is going to be mainstream in five years? Because I don't. It's got to take so much longer than that. So like, dude, I, I don't think that we can get confident. We I don't think that we can sit here and say, man, like we're we're winning. You know, like I'm not saying that anyone here is saying that, but like we can't sit here and say like, oh, this stuff's going to be good and all this shit. And And I think that the whole reason that this stuff is going on right now is for us to not care and for us to just sit here and be like oh the pendulum it's going to swing back this way and and we're going to be good you know like we're kind of just leaving it in the hands well, then of like the what are we supposed to do right like everybody has all these ideas of you know and you even said it there's no such thing as a grassroots movement so there's no grassroots movement you can't obviously win a physical war with them what do you what are you supposed to do either nothing or everything so why why do we have podcasts why do we sit here and talk about this stuff because it's not changing that many people how many people do you reach on a weekly basis yeah you're, right? you're reaching not not nearly the base that like mainstream 
equivalent podcasts are. Yeah. Guys, I can, I can confidently say that I've personally woken up thousands of people. Sure, me too. But what is thousands? You, of yeah, you probably too. Guys, the EU just backed down from these truckers, man. They just backed down. Formally. They completely backed down. Okay. I'm not saying we're winning. I agree with you. We are not winning. That's that's for sure. We are not winning. But we've gained ground. And there is at least some hope because there is at least some people on our side. Uh, you know, I don't want to say Rand Paul, but he comes to he comes to mind. The only U.S. candidate, by the way, that I'm aware of who's who's anti-Zionist, which to me is is your benchmark, you know, because it doesn't matter what you say. If you're pro-Zionist, then you're you're a cuck. You know, but it's hmm. uh, it's Dr. Shiva. Dr. Shiva is the only one. Is he going to win? No. But the very fact that he is actually able to reach hundreds of thousands of people and, and that are listening to him and cheering him on is a good sign to me because we didn't have any such candidates for a very long time. If we did, they were complete quacks that you never would have heard about. And um, he is somewhat of a mainstream figure. And he's one of I'm hoping many. And I'm hoping that it is, especially in where it is, where it's the worst, right? I know Newstrom won again, whatever that was, a couple of years ago. They have to have enough in some of these places soon, you know, it, whatever Washington and Oregon, they they have to have enough. They have to, at one point say that we don't want tent cities. You know, all, a lot of people have already left voting with their dollar, voting with their feet, and they're going to places that are promoting more and more freedom. And I know DeSantis is Zionist as well, but look at what happened, what has happened to Florida. It's been incredible. Mass migration to Florida just for people to live in a political environment that is not insane. Right. That's so third world country, man. There's old people living in their cars in Florida, dude. That's a third world I'm country. Sure. Florida, I'm sure. But still, yeah. <laughs> at least, at least on the policy level, it's reflecting some level of sanity. And I do think that is going to spread to some other places, especially the very populated places like New Jersey and New York. People are going to reach a breaking point or they are going to leave. And then what's going to be left is a bunch of people dependent on the government. And there's not enough people to pay the taxes there. And it's all just going to be 10 cities everywhere. Yeah, I'm just saying like with Florida specifically, like like the rent is out of control there. It's it's turning into a California or a Washington or a Portland. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, Seattle, I should say, or a Portland. It's turning into... You know, it's turning into a third world country, man. Like, and so is Austin. Austin, Texas is turning into the same thing. Like, that's what I'm saying. They have gone, they've gone so far ahead that even if we were all to turn this around right now, this shit's going to continue on for 20, 30, 40, 50 years before it actually gets to a point where like, oh yeah, our policies that we want, cheaper groceries, all these things. It's not going to happen. I don't think for the rest of our fucking lives, man. I don't think we should rely on the government to do this for us. The, another big sure. trend that we saw, especially in 2020, with people with all that time on their hands, they learned to garden, they learned to plant a few plants. That's not going to change the food system overnight, but it, it's creating a dent that's not going to be measured by economists because people are doing more and more things for themselves and learning those things right now and raising kids. There's a huge, there is a movement. I'm calling it a grassroots movement of people who are raising kids uh, what is it the trad they call it trad raising kids who know how to do this stuff who know how to sew know how to you know plant their own food and, and oh, know traditional how to, know how to skin a goat you know and know, know how to play outside without a cell phone they're not allowed on phones and all this stuff this is a growing movement of people raising their kids like that right now and it wasn't just 2020 that pushed those parents over the edge it was the whole uh modernity modernity is that the word modernity weird word sure. So there, there is still we've we've talked about oh modernity that's the word 
we've talked about the Amish and stuff like this. I still live in an area where there's lots of Amish and and people who live in the woods genuinely. And of course, this is not going to make a mainstream difference, but there's quite a lot of people who are going into that lifestyle of, of being away from the system. And that so rather than relying on the politicians to do this, rather than relying on the policies to do it, we're creating our own environments to as much of an extent as we can. And the more prices go up and all this stuff, the more we're going to do that, too. You know, yeah, I move millions of people to Florida. I'm sure rent goes up. Prices have gone up here in Texas as well. That's what happens. Well, we also shouldn't be relying on the cities. We should yeah. be getting out of the cities. We should be living together more in smaller communities. You know, this is how a lot of immigrants are doing it. You know, people from India come over to Canada and they they live 20 people in a house. They pay the house off quick and they buy another house. You know, with, within a, a decade, they own half the street. It, this could be done in a, a, a different way in many different places. America is still mostly empty, right? I just drove through mi the whole middle of America. It's mostly empty. It's, it's, every time I drive through it, I, I'm struck by how mostly empty it is. There's plenty of room. There's plenty of places that are not overrun with yuppies. And that have really no politics at all. I go to the middle of Wyoming and whatever. You can do whatever you want. There is no politics. There's no trans people reading books at the local library. There is no local library. But there is the resources and the ability for you to create your own life. And it's not ideal for us to do every single thing ourselves. But that's basically our alternative here. Be part of the system. Be part of the 15-minute cities. Work your buns off to buy a bag of potato chips. Right? Or a... Uh, five guys burger you know you gotta work half your day to buy a five guys burger or you can just get away from all this and do an equal amount of hard work basically but do it on your own don't pay the taxes yeah yeah it's it's i mean and that's the whole goal right is to try and detach from the system as much as possible and not be reliant on it and that's how you win in essence is is by being semi-independent because to be completely independent of the system these days is very tough unless like you said ryan you have a community um to do it on your own you know homesteading's possible but you're still paying government taxes you know you're still gonna have to use some of the services you're probably still using mail and things like that and you have to have some sort of income so yeah it's it's a tough balance, you know, and you and it makes it more difficult when you can see it, right? And you know what's happening. You see it right there. You're getting raped on a daily basis, whether it's through taxes, groceries, fuel, whatever it is. And there's really nothing you can do about it, you know, other than what we just talked about by becoming independent. Otherwise, yeah, you're you're subject to their system. You are it's like the, you know, the whole money magic system. If if you're going to get invested into it and that's how you're going to live your life, you're going to be dependent on that money the rest of your life. So, and that's one of the things I saw in when I was researching, you know, the there's like a housing crisis/bubble that's going on around the world that's tied to banks and when you start looking at it, there, there's going to be a lot of people again, like they were in 08 that are upside down on their mortgage. And then you have a whole reset all over again. And the problem is now though, you have all these corporate equity firms and corporate uh, investment firms that are buying up all these places with no intention of putting them back up on the market other than as rental properties. So 
pushes you closer to that, you know, you will own nothing and be happy mentality that the World Economic Forum pushes. Well, have you seen too these freaking play, these random localized commercials? I'm sure that you've seen these in your areas where, and maybe Ryan hasn't because he's, you know, in, in Canada most of the time. I don't know if you've seen them since you've been here in the U.S., but uh, I'm so-and-so and I'll buy your property for cash. You know, like, have you seen those? Yep. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how you got that money to buy all these properties yeah. by cash, right? It's all private investors. Yeah. It's equity firms. It's equity firms hiding behind a single person, I think. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're it's like it's like how Disney bought all the land for Disney. You know, there would be these one off guys that would go out and buy your stuff. And then, oh, lo and behold, they're reporting back three people. Have a black rock. Yeah, yeah. Back to the FBI or CIA. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, let, let me let me put something up there. America is not the only country in the world. Canada is not the only country in the world. What? Well, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Are I know. You it's shocking. <laughs> when things got so bad in, you know, Soviet Russia and, other, you know, other <laughs> countries that went communist, they, people left. People left. I was just talking about Serbia earlier. Talking with this guy in Serbia, telling me how, how good the prices are and, you know, how nice it is there. And I started looking into it more when we got off the phone. And, yeah, Serbia is not part of the EU. I, I think most of the Balkan countries are not part of the EU. And they seem to not follow the same ethos as the EU. And even though people in the EU, like in like in Belgium right now and, and France, they're pushing back heavily and they're winning certain battles. There's plenty of places that are not in the EU. There's plenty of countries out there. Look at El Salvador. Look what just happened in El Salvador recently. Last couple of years, they elected someone who said, you know what? We've had enough of our country being run by gangs. We're going to round them all up and put them in prisons, big prisons. We're going to treat them terribly. That's just it. We're going to crack down heavily hardcore the whole population's cheering for them. Mainstream media over there is con over here is condemning them. Like, oh, this is this is terrible human rights violations. Yet, you know, everyone with a semblance of sense is saying, "Yeah, good for you. You know, good for you for doing this." So I'm just saying, a lot of us might be moving to El Salvador, or Belize, or Serbia, or many other places in this world. And yes, of course, the controllers are still super, super powerful. But I've said this many times. I believe a lot of what they do is really just to convince us that they are this powerful. They put so much effort into making it look like they are so powerful, like with fake nuclear weapons and all this stuff, fake wars that, you know, that we're scared of them. I think a big part of that reason is because they know that they're vastly, vastly, vastly outnumbered. So they have to put so much effort into this illusion of power. And that's part of what's in movies and media as well. You know, a lot of people think that the cops and the police and the CIA and all this stuff is so powerful because they saw it in movies. Meanwhile, I don't think they are that powerful. I do think the underworld is much bigger than people appreciate. And um, the people who are willing to break free of society quite literally and even leave, if, if that's what it comes down to, leaving these countries, it will happen. A lot of people are moving to Mexico, moving to Mexico because of the freedom, because their money goes further and because the government doesn't bother them as much. So those countries now will be start to fill up with, you know, to lack of a better word, with right wing people, right wing people. And uh, I think that'll be a good thing. And America will be left to wallow in socialism and maybe it becomes like Russia and they have to find out the hard way that socialism isn't for the people and government starts killing them or you get famines and what always happens with communism basically, right? But the good people will leave. The smart people will leave. We're not stuck. We're not trees. Yeah, the difference I think with the bad guys here, I, I forget what country was it, Ryan? You said that the uh, the folks were rounding up the gangsters and stuff like that. El Salvador, it's crazy. Salvador. Tons so of them. 
the stuffing them all together too. terrible conditions, just like they deserve. Yeah, well, that's where MS-13 comes from is El Salvador, right? So mm-hmm. you have um, the government here helping criminals come into this country. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit different than the situations of El Salvador. It's like a manufactured collapse of this country is what it seems like right now. Um, this this story, it cannot be under mention of these fighting age Chinese nationals coming in. Men, Right. And I saw it on my, you know, I've been every morning when I wake up, I have to wake up early for my job, but I get a nice little amount of time to sit here and just chill. And on Roku, there's like different channels. Roku based out of Ukraine, by the way, a little corrupt, but you get to watch these different news channels and the different narratives that are out there. And there's basically like this, this mainstream version of Infowars that's on uh, Roku News. It, it's a, one of the many channels that's on Roku. I forget the name of the channel, but there's a few different people on there that just sit there and they talk and they they all the advertisements on there are like pro, like Patriot things, like Patriot tea companies, Patriot clothing companies, all these different things. And they they talked about this on there. The 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 Chinese nationals coming in. They're all fighting age men. They show them. They say that there's about five percent of them that are actually vetted before they get into the country. 95% of these guys are not vetted. And um, from these companies, or, or I that was a Freudian slip from these countries, I should say, but companies, uh, from these places where these people leave, they typically have honor. The men have honor there, right? Like it's, it's, it's a foreign concept to a lot of American men, but there's honor in these places, China, Russia, these communist countries where they won't leave as refugees, they won't leave without their families, their wives, their kids. But if they're leaving for war, they will leave by themselves. And they're taking a page out of, of the, out of the American playbook, man. They're 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 going to go fight a war somewhere else. And I think that you know this is some fear porn to an extent, but it it seems like there's something going on with that. Why the fuck are all these dudes coming here? 20, well, 30 year old guys. I, I think another explanation you know, other than that they're here to fight is that those are working age men, right? And a lot of those men under 30 don't have families yet. So they are coming here to to get jobs or their promised jobs, you know, and that's the whole other thing. What are they being told down there to force them up here? You know, is it, are these, are these promises? Is there financial incentive? What is it that's causing them to get up here? Well, they'll vote vote a certain way. That's for sure. Oh, guarantee. Yeah, especially if someone's feeding you, right? Someone's giving you money. Yeah, you're you're not going to bite the hand that feeds you, literally. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the only other rational explanation to it that I've heard is that is that not a war though, Matt? I mean, would that not be warfare? Uh, Come yeah, in a sense. Jobs? I mean, it's the same warfare that we're going to battle with AI because. A lot of these major corporations now are looking to shed headcount and replace those employees with AI. So uh, I think there's a war on multiple fronts. But yeah, I mean, I I just don't I I don't see the physical fighting war as much as a valid possibility as I do just the economic side of it. I think both are, are realistic to be honest, because the crime rates have spiked by 300% in some big cities, and that's warfare on its own. 
So I don't know, man. We can agree to disagree, but I think that there's some crazy shit going on with these people. I think there is too, but, you know, gun sales went up in the pandemic and they're still up in America. And, uh, you know, I'm here in Houston and I, you know, I, can, I can vouch people love their guns and a lot of people talk like they're ready for it. The army last year is big news. They, they uh, missed their recruiting goals by about 41,000 recruits. So no one wants to join the military anymore. As as they shouldn't. Why why would you want to work for the enemy? Because the, the government is the enemy to me. So this is very much a sentiment in our a generation, the millennials, and also in Gen Z. They do not want to join the military. Police forces are having a hard time recruiting as well. So yes, we have a lot of foreign military age men coming in. And and yes, if if uh, fighting broke out, I don't think they would have an easy time to be honest in America. I don't know if you guys have ever been through the hills of Kentucky and Tennessee and all this stuff too. Good luck. Good luck conquering middle America. Maybe the city, sure. Yeah, but whoever's staying in some of these cities, I mean, that's, I don't know what to tell you. It's, it seems like a mental illness to me to want to stay in Portland or whatever. Yeah, crime rates are up, but those people are also killing themselves with drugs. They're not reproducing themselves, you know, especially all these liberal people are, they're, they're cutting their own penises off and stuff. You know, they're not going to reproduce themselves. So they're still... A whole country for the whole middle of the country is still full of sane, sensible, sensible people for the most part who are armed and are excited. You know, they get out in here in Texas, they get out in helicopters and machine gun down the wild hogs. You know, they're ready. They're ready for combat. I think a lot of them. I do not think it would be easy for any country to overrun us and especially not these these goofs that are coming over because, yes, they're military age men. But look at them. Look at them. They look weak. They look soft. They're not. You know, I, I've seen the Chinese documents, too, by the way, where they're getting them to go to storage depots and they're giving them weapons and training and all that stuff. I still think good luck taking America Monkey bars in the uh, Middle East. Yeah, whatever, bar. whatever. Uh, they're, they're nothing compared to some good old Texas and Kentucky boys with machine guns. Hey man, this is what I was talking about earlier, Ryan, is think differently about that stuff, because the way that we've thought about this the whole time, we think that we would win the war if it got down to that kinetic warfare. I think that that's a dangerous, dangerous proposition because think about it from, you know, and, and this is like just a total side note tangent thing, right? Think about it from like a martial arts perspective, right? Martial arts, a lot of people think of it as like a, it's an Eastern idea, martial arts, right? Martial arts, the, the Kung Fu, the karate, all this shit, right? It comes from the God of Mars, which is a Roman God, right? That's what martial arts comes from, the God of war. And it's, it's, Peace through warfare is what martial arts is. Fighting is is like when you when you think about it from this perspective, it's reaching a peaceful conclusion through violence. And when you think about it like that, when you when you when you approach a massive warfare, like the art of war, all this stuff, you need to approach it as like put yourself in your enemy's position. Don't think that you're ever too good to fight anyone. And, and I think that, I think that's a dangerous thought, Ryan, honestly, to think that good luck, you come into our country and try and take us over. Good fucking luck. Your country. I don't think that anyone should think like that, man. I think that we should sit here and we should be very fucking cautious about anyone that wants to come in, whether they're smaller than us. I, cause I used to think like that, you know, I'm a six foot one, Big dude, I know how to throw hands. I know how to shoot guns. I can I can defend myself very well. But I don't think I mean I can defend myself fucking well. But dude, 
I, I think that I'm fucked if this stuff comes down to this. And I think that everyone needs to think like that. And we need to be afraid of these people and give them the respect, not like respect, like, oh, man, like, oh, I'm going to bow to you. But you can take my head off, you know, like that's the way that we need to look at these things instead of like, oh, we got the money. We got the technology. We've got the guns. We've got these good old boys. A lot of these good old boys, by the way. 350 pounds and they've never fucking thrown hands in their life. <laughs> yeah. Big fucking yeah, they're, they're gas quick. I know. I know. I know. You know what and I mean? Yeah, they should put a wall up, man. I, I know. I'm not American, but I 100% have agreed the whole time. Put a wall up. Put a wall up. You don't need the wall between Canada and America. That's not the problem. There's a big problem at the South. Put the wall up. And yeah, you've got the federal government who's actively against that, which is crazy. And they want to let millions and millions of people in. Yes, it's, it's a terrifying thing, to be honest. It, it, it really, really is. But still, I I hope that that's the worst of it. I really, I really do. But the point I was making is that the American government is more incompetent than it ever was. I believe they're having a harder and harder time recruiting people to their own ranks, and they do a lot through intimidation and media to make us believe that they're more powerful than they are. But to us, they're not. To me, they're not much of an actual threat. Yeah, these these immigrants probably are more of a threat if it came down to it. And I agree with Matt too that a lot of them probably are just here because they want to be in America. You know, the, they don't look prepared for war, honestly. If you see some, a, a lot of these guys, they look like they're ready to party. They, they don't look like they're ready for war or that they came here for that. Some right. of them, some of them. But think about, think about, so like this might sound funny when I first say it, but think about it from their perspective. And in, in, in that movie 300, when uh, Leonidas is like, you know, uh, they they meet up with the Arcadians or the uh, the I forget what fucking country it is, but it's another Greek country that comes up, and they're like, uh, you know, what's your profession? He's like, I'm a I'm a sculptor, and he's like, what's your profession? I'm a farmer, blah blah blah, and then he goes back to his Spartans and he's like, what's your profession, Spartans? Right? And they all do their war cry. They're getting rid of a lot of people, and they're not able to recruit a lot of people but they're recruiting the exact people that they want right now in the US military. These fucking freaks is who they're fucking recruiting. And those people are all going to fall in line with the narrative of the higher ups. So again, man, just challenge yourself to think differently about this because the way that we've been thinking over the last three, four years, it's not working. It's so not- So what are you suggesting that we're doing though? Matt asked too, and I'm, I'm very interested. What do we do? I don't know. Think differently. Just start thinking differently instead of sitting here thinking that like, oh, dude, no, we're going to win in the long run because we got the guns. We got the stronger people. These people think they can't even decide on their own gender. Yeah, but just thinking differently isn't going to do anything, you know, and that's 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 my problem with this whole thing is everybody has, you know, always has these ideas to but there's no ideas to what to do. It's that's what these people are doing, man. They're thinking differently. They're thinking so fucking differently that they're inventing new genders. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It might sound funny, but you uh, what we're doing right now is not working, dude. It's just not like we can sit here and we can say, oh, dude, they're going to they they don't know how to create. You know who created that narrative? Someone that we think doesn't know how to create created that narrative that these people don't know how to create. They just know how to destroy. These people are master manipulators and we just have to we have to remove ourselves from our pride and and the whole idea that you know we're the strong ones here because we believe that there's a pussy and there's a dick and those two are the only things that can create society and and can make things. These people are fucking weird, man. 
Like you can't really operate in a normal frequency to, to combat an enemy like this. And these people are winning. A thousand percent they're winning and they're going to win. I don't think that there's a pendulum that's swinging back in our favor at any point in time unless we actually get ahead of this and we get a little bit creative and we start actually thinking, hey, maybe we do need to use our voices and we do need to vote in mass. We do need to protest in mass because these people are so good at organizing and standing behind each other, no matter how crazy their fucking ideas are. They're still good at getting these things done. And they've been able to push these crazy ideas through just like Hitler was able to do supposedly whether that's real or not, but they're able to do that stuff. And they're able to do this stuff today, man. The Nazis have rebranded and they're fucking, you know, transgender freaks right now, but they're absolutely handing us our asses. I agree. I agree with what you're saying about becoming more organized and stuff. Vote Dr. Shiva. Let's vote Dr. Shiva. He's the only one. He's the only one. Rand Paul's not running. Vote Dr. Shiva. Uh, buy stuff that takes you away from the system because it has a twofold benefit. First of all, you have it just in case things do go down. Second of all, it takes you away from the system. So yeah, little things, a solar still, you know, a uh, a solar barbecue. That's a real thing. It's just a big set of mirrors that focuses the sun, even in the winter, into a, you know, a beam of energy that can boil your water, cook your food and stuff like that. Little things, uh, a thing like that might cost 500 bucks, you know, I, you know, I know Americans love their guns, but I'm thinking crossbows and stuff that just don't require that can sit around for decades and still be good. You know, in our life, we first of all bought property and we have uh, just every tool. If the world shut down right now, we would be completely fine. Assuming I was actually up in Canada, it'd be a heck of a journey to get there. But we have got all the fishing equipment. We've got hunting equipment. We've got traps. We've got cooking equipment. We've got multiple stoves, you know, it's multiple cabins in, in the woods and everything like we're we're quite set up. There's not much left that we would need. We even have a, a sawmill, which was a huge purchase for us. It was about $10,000, but we can make our own wood now because the price of wood quadrupled in the pandemic. It's gone down a bit now too, but now we can make our own wood. And yeah, sure. If diesel, if we don't, if we can't get diesel, then we can't use the sawmill, but still we have tons of manual tools, you know, everything, axes and rakes and not just all kinds of stuff, flower pots, trees we, we've got tons of stuff we've got seeds lots and lots of seeds like literally if the world shut down we would actually be fine we'd actually be i'd probably be a lot less stressed we wouldn't have to do this work that i currently do why the fuck are you in texas right now then well my wife lives here <laughs> <laughs> Leave her. we've, we've lived sure. in the woods before and it, it was tough but now over the past 10 years since that time We've accumulated a lot more stuff where if we tried to go and live in the woods again, it would be a heck of a lot easier. But we did it before, even with nothing. And we would have died in the winter, that's for sure. We weren't prepared enough. We didn't have enough tools. We didn't have enough experience. But we have spent the last 10 years accumulating stuff. And and most of it is in, in mind, like, okay, we want this stuff now, yes. But can we also use this in the case of an emergency? Can we use this to break us away from the system? Again, the more food that we can grow and catch and all that stuff ourselves, that's less... Right taxes that we're paying we're not supporting the system we do buy stuff off of some i love buying off the amish and you know we trade things man we trade meat and stuff right <laughs> like there, there is an economy there that does exist and we are part of it and i like buying that uh, stuff from that the underground as much as possible even things like honey and rice and just commodities and stuff i i try and get as much as possible outside of the system even clothes i like to buy from 
thrift stores and stuff that don't pay taxes. I specifically like going to charity stores because they don't pay taxes and I get a great deal. Now I got my clothing, but I also saved some money. So that's money that's not going towards the system. And that's money that I can use to buy more stuff that gets me away from the system. And yes, if an army of, you know, fighting age Chinese men overran our property, I'm probably still going to lose, but I don't think that's actually going to come. It's not going to come down to that. And, uh, you know, we have escape routes too, to be honest. And I'm willing to move to Serbia. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it all sounds good. and uh, But I just think that um, I think we got to be ready to fight for what we believe in, man. You know, I, I think that that's important. The guns, all that stuff, I think, um, you know, the clothes, the, the food, I think that's all important. But I think guns are number one, man. Because at the end of the day, and this would never happen, but let's say we were neighbors, Ryan. And you have all your sawmill stuff and all your stuff that you've built up, but you don't have any guns. And I've got a bunch of guns, a bunch of bullets, and a few friends that know we how got, to use guns. We got guns, too. All that you've done is create a bunch of shit for me to come huh. in the tank. When everyone's armed, it's real hard. Up north, there's a 50% gun ownership rate, and there's almost no crime. The, the only crime that there really is is drug people messing with other drug people. You know, people, drug addicts robbing drug dealers and vice versa. It, hardly anyone actually does any actual crime because you you really never know. You you might get your head blown off. And sure. that's how it is in a lot of America, too. And that's I in my, my idea of a perfect world. That's exactly what it should be. Everybody's armed so that everybody thinks twice before they mess around. Thousand percent, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a huge deal. People not need to agree. use this stuff and be ready to die for their shit. Yeah. You got to be able to protect your family. Right, because it's not worth it. If you if you know you're not armed, then it's it's no big deal to break into your house. But if doing something little like that, you know, stealing stealing a teapot from someone could get you killed. People are not going to be doing that. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, like hey, man. That. All right. Anything else you guys want to hit? Yeah, I want to I want to rant about crypto for a minute if I'm allowed. All right, let's do it. Hit crypto. So, this stupid stuff with absolutely no value. I'm I'm upset with it. So a few years ago, someone gave me some Bitcoin and then, you know, a bunch of my friends are into crypto and stuff. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll put some money in. Not a lot of money, put like a thousand bucks in. And it, it's, you know, appreciated in value. And I'm putting quotes around value there because it has no value. It has no function. And I know the crypto nerds are still arguing for it, but th there is no actual value to it. I know, I know regular money doesn't have value to it either, but I, I don't care. I buy silver and stuff too, man. I got... I just told you about all the stuff that we got. We got stuff and we got silver to trade if we need. We got commodities. Man, I got I got drawers full of cigarette cartons to trade. You know, I've got stuff that has actual value and that's what I put my money into primarily. But okay, I'll diversify a little bit, so they say. And so I got this stupid stuff with no value and it's stuck on a wallet that I hardly even know how to use and get it off. And it's just, it's a headache to even transfer it into real money. My friends are still saying, oh, well, governments are going to transfer over over to it. And I'm still believing that the underground is so big and strong and so unaccounted for that it just never will happen. You know, I like to do little vendors markets and stuff like that, where it's 100% cash and people love trading in cash. We love doing deals in cash. And yeah, again, Amish and, you know, the whole major groups, there's large groups here that, again, are largely uncounted for that don't even have bank accounts. And I have bank accounts, but I hardly use them. I got to use them to get my internet money in, but then I take it out. You know, I take it out and I put it into real stuff and hide it and all, all this 
stuff. I don't like cash either, by the way. Cash doesn't have much value to me either. Real things have real value to me. So you still got a bunch of people arguing that this um, crypto is going to, you know, sort of take over. And I just 100% don't think so. It's like this 15-minute city stuff. You'll get some suckers who do actually live in a 15-minute city. You'll get some suckers who do actually use the uh, government centralized currency. But I think what will happen, what is happening, is they're creating an even larger underground economy than there ever was. To me, you know, I've always participated in the underground economy. I grew up in it. And it seems like it's, it's bigger and more awesome than it ever was. You know, you can get almost anything in the underground now. And um, the price inflation has not hit the underground quite as hard. And if they do this crypto thing, it'll just, it'll make it bigger. But my main complaint here, what really pissed me off recently is uh, my money in the crypto on crypto.com, by the way, which I'm really upset with because they suck. They suck so bad. Yeah. They keep trying to get me to, uh, and this is not inherent with crypto, I'm sure, but my bank has never asked me to update my information ever. And I have multiple bank accounts. None of them have ever asked me to update my information. The, just, the money's just there, whatever. I guess if I lose my card, you know, it's up to me to prove my identity, but they don't make me prove my identity over and over and over and over again. And this is one of the most annoying thing with these crypto apps and stuff that it, it's difficult to transfer in and out, first of all. But second of all, they keep forcing you to continually update your information and all this stuff. Right now, they're threatening to shut down my account if I don't um, submit more documents. It's like a picture of a driver's license and a selfie. And there's a lot of people just off the bat that'll be like, no, I'm not sending that stuff to anyone. What are you talking about? Right. This is again, a bank wouldn't ask me for this ever, ever. You know, you have your card, you take your money out. Peace. Right. They, they ask you, where'd you get this money from? You tell them to screw off. It's none of their damn business. But these crypto apps want everything from you. You know, they want they want uh more than just signatures, basically, it's it, crazy loops that you have to go through even to open these things in the first place. And the fact that they're bothering me for more and more information just has me ready to completely pull everything out and never use it again. And I, I'm quite tolerant compared to a lot of people, especially in America. I reckon there's a ton of people who will never go anywhere near crypto j just for the fact of the breach of privacy of how much information they want from you. And the fact that they could lock you out of your own money if you don't send in a selfie. Like, what are you talking about? What if I was in jail? You know, what if I was sick? What if I was in the woods hunting, you know, or whatever? Then I, I couldn't get to my phone. I didn't have my phone. I don't want to live near my phone. You know, as you guys know, we've complained before. There's so many different things that you can't use your phone now. Well, I'm saying any business that makes you use your phone or makes you use an app to access their service, just immediately stop using them. Because what it does is open up another door in the underground, which is currently happening. There's plenty of businesses out there that I've seen that have signs that say we prefer cash, you know, deal for cash. There's still a lot of states in America that give you a better deal on gas if you pay for cash. And I think that's becoming even stronger now from what I see. And mm -hmm. this this whole crypto thing, I just the main point of the rant here is that there's still people out there trying to say that, oh, this is what's going to take over. Governments are going to use this. No, they're not. No, they're not. The very fact that it's all traceable and trackable is going to keep away anybody who's in the underground. And this includes all of the small business owners who avoid taxes on every little piece of cash they get, right? You guys know every single small business owner in the world will be more happy to take cash so they don't have to report it. And they uh, they don't want to pay taxes. Nobody wants to pay taxes. So anything that makes it easier to track our purchases and all this stuff also makes it easier to collect taxes. And by default, we'll turn every productive member of society off, basically. Uh, not productive member, but every business person. And, you know, to, to think that crime will just disappear if you could just track everything and you got rid of hard currency is 
just insane because we'll come up with new currencies. We'll trade cigarettes. We'll trade marijuana. We'll trade alcohol. Trade yeah, whatever. I don't know why it's usually uh, bad things, but yeah, we'll trade these commodity Always crops. We'll trade commodity crops. We'll, I mean, they'll trade shell shells and feathers before they go into crypto. They'll they'll accept shells and feathers before they accept crypto in the underground. Yeah, man, I know we're wrapping up, but when the government just gets rid of the cash, there's going to have to be something. There's going to have to be something that everyone agrees on that's worth more to to everybody. You know, some people don't drink. Some people don't smoke cigarettes. Some people don't eat steak. Some people don't uh, have sex with women, right? Like, there's going to be different things that, uh, and, and the reason that I bring that last thing up is like, yeah, I'll, I'll let you have sex with my wife for <laughs> for this, right? Um, I don't know, man. It, it, it's a, that's a, that's a different episode. It seems like it's a, it's a long conversation right there. Right. So I, I'm down to talk about that in the future for sure. Maybe next week or something, but yeah, dude. Yeah. Cause, uh, cause you look at, you start looking at CBDCs and you want to talk about a uh, uh, tyrannical rule when they can control everything and, you know, they can base your, monetary situation on your social your media presence and things like that that's scary as fuck you know it's when, scary man what do you mean you could just turn off my account yeah what? or i can what? tell you your account's active but you can't buy certain things or you've you know it's an easy way to get rid of generational wealth too because what they can do at any time is say oh well your tokens expire on x date so, you know, the economy needs a boost. We got to get people spending. So if they don't spend it, they lose it. Or, you know, on X date, your your coin loses 20% value, you know, to incentivize you to spend now. And there's little things like that that'll, you know, really fuck up people's lives that are not really being talked about, which is scary as hell. Yeah. They keep saying Bitcoin's going to split again this year. Well, it's scheduled to split again this year, and that's supposed to increase the value. And just, a, it's just such a silly thing. And I'm making fun of my own friends here. I don't know how anybody thinks that uh, this has any any relevance. It's just, it's a it's a Ponzi scheme, mm -hmm. is, is what it is. You know, it's people. The only reason it has any quote value is because people have bought into it. That's it. There's literally nothing about it that makes it valuable. And I personally thought at the beginning that the whole idea was that it was not trackable, you know, yeah. but then it turns out, no, 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 it's completely trackable. Okay, well, the average, maybe not the average person, but many, many, many people specifically want to use cash and other forms of currency for the reason that it's not trackable and not taxable. We don't want to pay tax. We don't want to be tracked. And Again, they're not even accounting for things that are illegal. Like a lot of people do, they want to buy drugs or something, you know, that they don't want tracked, obviously. So, yeah, I know there's, there's, there's people know, who think that runs deep there too, because there's uh, offshore betting accounts that people use to bet with um, crypto, right? So, if you're going to bet with, like, let's say, bet online or, or uh, my bookie or any of these things that are, are based offshore, um, you know, not the ones that are like FanDuel, DraftKings, these very notable Las Vegas-based ones that are based out of the United States. These ones use cryptocurrency and they they give you a huge like bonus, like zero fees and all these things to use crypto. So it makes you feel 
that it's like black market and you're like, oh man, I'm getting I'm getting extra value by using this shit. It's and like Rockfin, Rye. It's the same scam dude, that Rockfin plays. I talked a little shit about Rockfin in my episode today. Rockfin, Rumble. I mean, Rumble has has its perks. It's it's a it's a YouTube alternative, but man, it's allowed to operate for a reason. Just like you know, Rockfin, do Rockfin. What a fucking scam that is. So I don't know, man. I'm not I'm not into it, man. I think we just need to fucking uh, band together, be good people, and we can actually overcome this. But it's going to take some time, man. We might not see it in our lifetimes. Try to think like your enemy. Your enemy doesn't care if their goals get accomplished in their lifetime. It's just moving the needle forward. That's what you're supposed to do. So, um, yeah, think more like your enemy instead of just uh, thinking the way that you thought, because the way that you thought has not worked throughout your entire life. Whether you're successful or not, the way you've thought has not worked. Wise words. Hey. <laughs> so, uh, Ty, what do you got going on uh, Nottis and Friends? Well, you guys remember last year I did the uh, interview with the 33 degree Freemason? Yes. Just finished part two. It's posting on Monday. It's, uh, I think, even more interesting. And I've gotten better as an interviewer. Uh, last time I blasted the guy with so many questions, just hoping he would answer a few of them. This time was uh, it was it was much smoother, I think, and amazingly friendly. It trips me out. I said it in the first episode. It's like talking to the enemy, and it's so weird. And I didn't expect him to be a nice guy. I didn't expect him to be um, enlightened. You know, I didn't expect to be learning from him, like other than what goes on in Freemasonry. I just I didn't expect like actually like want to study with this guy like this guy knows some some deep stuff man and uh yeah i'm, I'm actually fully willing to study with him at this point and it's it kind of an honor to which is weird you know he's, he's not one of the bad guys i think i think he's not one of the controllers you know he's willing to talk about uh the bad stuff that they do and i don't think he would encourage any of us to uh join freemasonry very very interesting i'm still a little bit confused by him but uh, it was our most popular episode before the podcast got taken down last year. And actually, since I've been kind of promoting this part two, it's uh, just shot back up to our number one episode. So yeah, anyone who hasn't seen that number one or listened to it, you should check that out because it's pretty interesting. A lot of us conspiracy people never actually talk to the other side. And it was just it was a kind of a life changing thing for me to do so. And to now do it again is a uh, it's, it's it's interesting. It was fulfilling to me, and yeah, I'm 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 stoked about it, honestly. Yeah, I liked your first part because that was one of the few times I've heard a couple people have you know Masons on, and they were just shitty podcasts. You know, they were piss poor interviews. The people that were Masons weren't really real Masons. They were kind of you know <laughs> like fringy, like they were like the walmart mason so my name is mason yeah and <laughs> those kind of people so yeah. yeah when you get the deep deep stuff like you got into in the first one you know it, it blew my mind because I, like you said i was like god oh, this guy's gonna be a dipshit he's gonna be an arrogant asshole like this is gonna be not a fun interview and i'm looking forward to part two man you know what i think that guy is actually his name's dr tahuti pata 
I think he's above all of us, at least in terms of how he lives his own life. You know, we got into it this time. Like, like this guy doesn't watch TV. He doesn't listen to music. He wakes up at 3.30 in the morning. Of course, he wakes up at 3.30 in the morning. 33. He wakes up at 3.30 in the morning. He does his meditation. You know, he's just like 100% into the spirituality and the study. Like, just de a dead serious kind of guy. So a, a lot of us conspiracy guys I'm, I'm in the same category here you know i'm smoking weed and stuff and i'm listening to rock music still and whatever and like this guy's not falling for any of that it's crazy i would say he did his job perfectly then yeah yeah <laughs> thinking that he's the good guy he's working What's on you right yeah yeah i'm i'm aware of that too you know i yeah 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 i'm he, thinking about that too. you start waking up at 3 30 and we're gonna have issues here <laughs> no not even that it's just like Dude, now fuck meditating, fuck not enjoying life. <laughs> and these guys will tell you, oh no, you'll enjoy life more if you don't listen to music and you just fucking, you know, serve this God. And their God is Lucifer, factually. That is the Freemason God. That dude fucking has you fooled, dude. Like that, <laughs> that's wild. That's wild. Well, see, the thing is, I can't really understand why he still reps freemasonry he still, he still wears the regalia and stuff lying to you man well yeah, fair i'm willing to i'm willing to consider that too but in the interviews i just took him at face value of everything that, that he said but he is much more into his egyptian priesthood it seems healthy it, it seems like that's his main thing you know and that seems to be uh in his mind i don't want to speak for him but it seems to put him above the other freemasons he seems to talk down on the other freemasons and what they do and all the bad stuff and he's been pretty open about you know the manipulation in the media and music and all that stuff sounds like he's doing his job very very well i got you ryan i got you i feel you you know it's it's crossed my mind numerous times as well i don't know what to think it's one of the most confusing uh situations i've ever been in that i actually feel you know uh sort of like friendly with him and yeah, I'm wondering, is this, you know, is this a trick or anything? But stay away from the light, Ryan. Stay he hasn't tried to recruit me or anything like that. <laughs> well, like I said, think like your enemy. Fucking work with him. <laughs> Infiltrate him. He's infiltrating the conspiracy community, the alternate alternate health community. Infiltrate what he's doing. Get, Get the fucking Sun Tzu of the 2020s over here. That's what I'm saying, dude. I'm trying to fucking think like these assholes, man. <laughs> Ryan Dean for president over a barrel. And I want to try and figure out how they did this. So, yeah, let's go. Excellent. So I'm what do you got going on your show, brother? I see you finally, like you said, you put an episode out, a solo one. Yeah, man. I'm just uh, I'm just trying to think like I don't uh, I don't have the time to research anymore because I love my day job. And the reason that I started my show in the first place was to get away from my day job. So without wanting to get away from like what I actually get paid to do, um, I don't have that much time, dude, to research and do these deep dives that I kind of like became known for doing these like solo shows, deep diving into weird topics. So now I just kind of get out there and basically talk about like just whatever's on my mind, uh, maybe what I dreamed about, whatever, right? Just like talking. And um, I, I want to try and do that. I want to try and do that more often. But um, I'm not I'm not promising any amount of episodes because I've I have this weird thing where I say like I'm gonna do one a week and I just can't fulfill that anymore. So it's not I'm worth just gonna it, do dude. I can. Yeah, What's it's that? not worth it. Not worth it trying to set like expectations. Right. You know? It's reality gets in the way. Like you know, like you said, you did this before to escape your job. 
and 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 all that shit and it's like you know now i'm in the same boat with it like work's just so busy i don't have the time i had before for the deep dives but like you yeah. said i still love doing stuff like this and and other other not as deep topics but still yeah, conversations yeah exactly conversations are cool man and like you you were wise to get ahead of this and to and to have a show that you do every week that so many people love where it's just people talking about random shit right um i never did that i i always kind of like doing the the solo talks and like just you know kind of talking one-on-one -on -one with my audience or whatever but these kinds of things are the are the future just talking having conversations and and you know, making people feel like they're just listening in on like a fireside chat type situation, cool conversation. I think that's what is the uh, the move, man. Like there's so much information out there that the odds of you breaking brand new cutting edge information is is slim to none. So and just if it is, have fun. it's likely AI. That's what I'm finding now. And that's what turned me off from the old world shit is. You know, all these people, there's nothing new that people are uncovering or finding. And if right, they right. do, it's AI, it's fake. And I've I've seen it over and over again, especially with the old world stuff. You know, all these old, new old world pictures that come out. And then you, you know, you do a reverse image search and it's fucking AI. You can't find any proof of these pictures. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked. I mean, that's what sucks is that, you know, this started off so cool just four years ago. You know, yep. five years ago it was so cool. And now it's like, this is all gay. It but... is. It is. And and there's a lot of douchey people, right? And there's a lot of fake fucking grifters out there. And there's a lot of weirdos that like didn't get along with people in school, you know, like they didn't have friends. So they started a podcast and now they think they're cool. And it's like, no, man, come on. Yeah. Cut the shit. At some point, you got to bring something to the table. And a lot of these people, you know, a lot of the, even the old world people I respect in the beginning, now that there's nothing new they can hop on, they're just pushing this fake shit blindly and you I lose all respect for them at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's people that, you know, they'll, they'll get sponsors, you know, their account gets big enough and then they start posting pictures of asses like uh, yep. you know, girls with, with nice asses. And they're like, Oh, uh, here's a quote from some fucking old world figure you know what i mean it's like what the fuck is this yep but yeah so the point is you know just have fun you know and and, and that's what i'm trying to do and i'm gonna i i said in my last episode my show's not going anywhere as long as i'm alive it's gonna be up i'm gonna just post things when i want and um people that want to support the show can support the show how they how they feel like so um i hope though that everyone has a, they that they can all find a job in this weird economy, and I think that it's very possible now, everyone can find the job that they genuinely like. I think everyone can do that right now because no one's making that good of money right now anymore. So go out there and find a job that you genuinely enjoy. Um, get a little bit of money saved up. You know, even while you're working at a place, take the time, try to find a, a job that you enjoy. Um, and I hope that people can find that, that because I just experiencing that and just waking up in the morning and, and my first thought when I was working at Pepsi every morning, dude, my first thought was, fuck, I got to do this shit again. Yep. And now when I wake up in the morning, dude, I'm, I'm fucking stoked every single day. I get to go and do fight analysis and fight stats and write bios for these dudes. And, and it's just, it's a dream come true, man. So I think. 
everyone can do this stuff. And, and I hope that everyone can find that. And uh, you just got to take the time, go out on a whim or a limb, whatever the fuck the phrase is, and, and do this stuff. Find what you like to do and do it because everybody has a spot in this world. And um, that's the last of my motivational talk bullshit. Dude, words just dropping words of wisdom one after another tonight. I love it. Hey, hey Ryan, know, I'm doing a, a, a combat sport episode soon. Maybe you'd like to be on it. Oh, I'd love to do a combat sport, dude. A combat sport episode. I I, I really enjoy talking about this stuff, man. A friend of mine's a fighter. And uh, yeah, exactly what you were just saying. Hey, doing these solo episodes. I'm kind of known for that, too, where you got to do a lot of study and research. And uh, it's it's kind of formal and stuffy. And at the same time, the listeners kind of like have to s- study it and take notes. You know, this is not something light. And at the same, like if someone sends me something like that, I'll be I'll put it off. You know, be like, I have to listen to that when I'm able to pay attention and and internal and learn from it, you know. But uh, we just did an episode, a couple of my buddies, where we just talked about tattoos for three hours. And I, honestly, it might be the best episode we've ever done, to be honest. Uh, like the three, 33 Freemason, I know lots of people are interested in it. It's going to be a popular episode. But you, you don't really have to study it at the same time. But still, this conversation just with my buddies and I, it was, uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It's this oh, is yeah. why I like coming on here and doing this because yeah, I don't have to, I don't have any notes. You know, we don't have to we don't have to talk about anything specific. If we don't know, we don't know. We kind of just riff it. And I imagine that is. You're absolutely right. That's why lots of people do like this uh this show. Lots of people have reached out to me and they found me on this show and stuff. Mm-hmm. I know you got a a strong audience here and that's probably why. It's because we're not putting all this effort in because all that effort makes it more difficult to listen to actually paradoxically. So if you'd like to join the uh, the combat sport episode, that'd be great. I'm going to talk just a little bit about like traumatic brain injuries and weight cutting and stuff from the health perspective. But other than that, oh, we're going to riff it. I- I'd love to do that, man. We can uh, we can do that soon, actually, if you want, man. I'd love to do that because, yeah, I have a theory on the weight cuts, too, man. But uh, Matt, what are you up to on your show, dude? What do you got going on? Uh, no, uh, well, I got to I would be remiss if I didn't wish one of our listeners a happy birthday. Uh, so. Miss Claudia, happy birthday today. Um, one of the listeners of the show. Happy birthday, Claudia. Yeah. Happy and uh, so, uh, yeah, other than that, I, I haven't been doing much. I did. I put out an episode this week on, like I said, the housing crisis, because I started seeing all this stuff about bank issues all over the world and housing crisis in China and all over and stuff. So that's what I'm kind of doing now. I'm just if I see stuff along the way, I'll collect it and then throw out a quick episode because I don't have time for deep dives right now. Um, we just started my son's uh, winter workouts for baseball. So we're getting ready for that stuff. And that's a lot of fun. I love working with the kids and uh, getting back to like almost getting outside again. Cause we've been cooped up here since like December out in new England. So it's, it's about that time, man. And you know, once I get outside episodes will be even less. So that's <laughs> that's a promise because I have zero time once baseball season starts. But uh, I, I just like doing this, man. This is more fun to me. I like talking with you guys. I like meeting new people. I've had a couple different people that might want to come on the show, too. And if you know anybody that does want to come on that has a cool topic or some interesting point of view, send them my way. Because uh, we're always looking to talk to new people, too, because that's the whole point of this. So, but We've been going long enough, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Everybody, stay strong. Question everything. If I were the devil, 
If I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness. And I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree. The. So I'd set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth, I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies, and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves, until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. <laughs>